Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is the Monday broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing. I hope for your heart is a ministry of Hickory Ridge Community Church, and I hope that you come by and see us one Sunday. We have a morning worship on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock or 10.30, identical services, so you pick what's best for you. Uh, we have children's ministry in both services, and uh, at the 10.30 service, we do offer a youth Sunday school class, so if you have teenagers and want to come worship at 9 and let them stay for the Sunday school class at 10.30, that would be really great. And another ministry that I'm so very proud of is our Celebrate Recovery ministry. Now listen, if you got a problem, a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up, uh, you don't have to necessarily have a major addiction. You know, 70% of the people that come and attend Celebrate Recovery do not have a drug addiction or an alcoholic uh, issue. Uh, they are coming because they have a hurt and uh, they have a habit they'd like to break. And so Celebrate Recovery is an amazing ministry. It's a 12-step program and they have a wonderful meal together. So why don't you come Sunday night at 5.30. You can have a meal with us and then at 6 o'clock it actually begins. And there's kind of two components to Celebrate Recovery. You have an open group, uh, which is a large group session. Uh, they do a few worship songs together because worship is big when it comes to your recovery. And then they have, after the worship session, uh, they have a time of teaching or testimony. And then when they finish that session, they break off men and women into separate classes and uh, they go through and they actually work the steps of recovery. So I'd love to have you come. I will introduce you to the team. Uh, if you want to give me a call and let me know uh, when you're going to come, that uh, give me a call at 757-421-7500. And uh, I will be happy to introduce you to our team. I'll meet you at the church and uh, I'll meet you there and you can share uh, your life and you can share your testimony with us. And Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. You can learn more about our church through our website. I just go to hrcc7.org, hrcc, the number seven, dot org. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, for the next few days, I want to talk to you about a very important subject, and that is your personal relationship with God. It is so important to have a personal relationship with God. In the broadcast last week, we kind of gave you a whirlwind trip through the book of 2 Corinthians. I guess you could say last week we kind of had a, a historical overview of the book of Corinthians and talking about how God is at work and how God works on the broad spectrum of our lives, but God is also interested in a personal relationship with us. And so I want to talk to you today about a personal relationship with God, what that looks like, how do I have one, uh, how can I have a better personal relationship with Christ. And so in order to understand this, we're going to be looking at two major passages of Scripture. We're going to look at Psalm 139, and then we're going to look at Psalm 121, Psalm 139 and Psalm 121. Now, as we think about NASA, for example, you know, NASA has a, an unbelievable mission right? They explore the space, right? The regions beyond. And you think about what they do. They go out into outer space and they sometimes will uh, will land on like the moon, uh, but usually they just go out and they explore what is out there. Now, uh, as you think about NASA, uh, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, it's dedicated toward one mission. That is to explore the created universe. They can go to the very ends of the earth and they can go to our surrounding galaxies, but they cannot exhaust the God of the Bible. 
they have restrictions, right? Uh, they can only go as far as their technology will take them, only go as far as their resources will allow them to go, only to go to a certain depth uh, within the atmosphere. But I think about God. God is our Lord. He is abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. So today we're going to be looking more at a theological reason as to why and how we can have a relationship with God. Now, when we think about all of the relationships that we have in our lives, and we think about this relationship with God, this is the most important relationship. Now, some of the characteristics of God are what we would say transferable. Some of God's characteristics and his attributes are non-transferable. We would call those the omni-characteristics of God. They are non-communicable. I don't you love that word communicable? Uh, you think about uh, you think about this whole issue that we've been going through with the coronavirus. They say that's a communicable disease. In other words, we catch it from somebody else. Uh, we catch it through vapors. Uh, we catch it through breathing on uh, on somebody else. And so it's a very communicable disease. But there's certain attributes about God that are non-communicable. They're called the omni-characteristics of God. For example, God is omnipresent. That means he can be everywhere. He is everywhere. And uh, he can be more than one place at one time. He is at all places all the time. Now, I wish I could be omnipresent. Wouldn't that be a cool thing, right? I could be with you carrying on a conversation. I could be with my family, hanging out with them. And uh, I could be uh, enjoying uh, a beautiful day at the park. I could be at all these places at once, but I, I can't uh, because I'm not omnipresent. <laughs> Have you ever uh, talked to a friend and they invite you to an event and you look at your calendar and you say to them, boy, I would love to go. I- I'm sorry. I just can't make it. I have a conflict. And, and so you say to them, I, I tell you what, I-, I can't go, but but I'll be there in spirit. And that was that mean, I'll be there in spirit. It means that you're not going, right? Because where your spirit is, is where your body is. Well, God is omnipresent. He can be at all places at all times. Another characteristic that we know about God is that he is omniscient. I guess a way to put that is, has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? You know, new things occur to me all the time. Whenever I meet somebody new, I say, hey, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? And and I learn new things about them. And I love meeting new people and I love learning new things about people. Uh, Not only do I like to learn about people, but I like to learn about things and uh, new uh, technology. And and I love to be constantly learning. Uh, I guess you could say that I just have this desire to know new things. But God already knows everything. Nothing takes him by surprise. I guess we could put it this way. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? Nothing occurs to God because he is omniscient. He knows all things. There's nothing about God and omnipresent that is is non-communicable to us, and that is that God is all-powerful. Oh, don't you love that? He is all-powerful. In other words, his energy, his power never diminishes. Now, sometimes I wish I was omnipotent, but I tell you what, we all get tired. I was talking to a guy one time says, I never need any sleep. He was lying. You know, you can only go so long without falling asleep. And if you try to go too long without falling asleep, eventually your body is going to fall asleep. You know, many years ago, I thought I was Superman, right? Didn't think I needed any sleep. And a friend of mine was getting ready to graduate from college. 
and uh, I was a, a student at Liberty, and uh, and so I said, man, I'd love to come to your graduation. Uh, well, the dilemma I had is that I was in Lynchburg, and his graduation was in Boston, uh, but I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll double up and take in my finals so I can get out a day early, and then I'll drive up, and I'll get there in time for your graduation. Well, I thought I was invincible, and so I stayed up all night studying for my finals. I went and took my finals, and then I was going to stay up all night another night to drive all night so that I could be in Boston for his graduation. So I was going three days and two nights without any sleep. You know what happened? I fell asleep driving. Yeah, old Superman fell asleep driving, and I woke up at the Sturdy Memorial Hospital in a small town in Attleboro, Massachusetts. You know, that was, uh, that was a bad move on my part. You know, I should have known better. Uh, man, our bodies need to rest. We're not all powerful. Uh, we're not on omnipotent like God is. We need to get ourselves times of rest and refreshment and relaxation. So those are just three omni-characteristics of God that are non-transferable to us, non-communicable to us. But there are some characteristics of God that we must embrace. For example, God is love. God gives us this capacity to love other people because he gives us that capacity to love. God is truth, right? And so God gives us truth. Uh, the enemy tries to blind our eyes to the truth, but God wants to open up our eyes, take the scales off our eyes so that we can reveal and understand his truth. You know, God is also a God of grace. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad that God is gracious to me because uh, I know that I'm a knucklehead and I need a lot of God's grace. Not only do I need grace from him, but I need God's grace from others. Oh yeah, sometimes I disappoint people and, and sometimes people disappoint me. And so God gives us his grace so that we can be gracious to others. So these are things that are transferable. And so when we think about our personal relationship with God, I want you to know that there are certain things that God wants to transfer to us, and that's why a personal relationship with Him is so important. Well, let's begin by looking at Psalm 139, and then we'll probably get into Psalm 121 a little more uh, in tomorrow's broadcast. But Psalm 139, beginning verse number one, uh, David is writing this psalm. Uh, he is called the director of music. And as we look at Psalm 131, 39, and, and Psalm 121, uh, these are called the Psalms of Ascend or Ascent. Uh, these are Psalms that David wrote to his people to be read or to be sung or to be prayed as they were traveling. Now, today we kind of take traveling for granted, right? Uh, we jump in our car, and uh, we have air conditioning, we have heat, and uh, we can bring some snacks with us, and uh, we can bring some entertainment with us as we're traveling. It's very comfortable to travel, and uh, we kind of enjoy traveling. But in biblical times, even in the times of Jesus, travel was difficult. Uh, when you set out to travel, you had a whole lot of things to worry about. You were very uncomfortable as you were traveling. You had to be out in the uh, uh, the heat of the day, and uh, you know didn't have McDonald's to stop by uh, when you got hungry. And so traveling was difficult, right? Uh, and then you had to worry about falling uh, into prey of criminals uh, that might come along and steal your possessions. And, and so traveling was difficult, and you'd get discouraged traveling. Uh, it wasn't a restful experience. Uh, a journey was a lot of work, a lot of stress, a lot of trouble to travel. And so David knew that as his people were traveling, they would need some encouragement. And so he wrote these Psalms as they were traveling. They would read these Psalms. So David wrote this Psalm 139. And he says, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. 
I, you know, when you're traveling, you have a lot of time to think. And, and so David is, is saying, Lord, you have searched me. Lord, you know me. Now, this is a good point, right? David is actually asking God to search him. Look past the exterior, get down into the depths of who I really am. Now, this is really important, right? I've discovered that many of us like to be honest, but we don't want to be painfully honest, right? We want God to search us, but but not to the depths of where our hearts are, not to the depths of where our motivation is. And so David says, Lord, you have searched me. You know me. You know when I stand up. You know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar in all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you knew it completely. Now, don't you love the the wording that David uses here? David says, I can't get away from the Lord. Uh, Wherever I go, if I sit or if I rise, he knows my thoughts from afar. Now, he also discerns my going out and my lying down. And David says, God is familiar with all of my ways. He goes so far as to say, even before a word came off my tongue, you knew it completely. How is this possible? Because God is omniscient. He knows everything that's going to happen to us before it happens to us. Even before you speak a word, God knows what you're going to say. God's not up in heaven and saying, wow, I can't believe you just said that. He knew exactly what you were going to say. Now, verse number five, there's kind of a transition. And as we look at verse number five, we discover in the English language, we kind of miss some of the punch behind what is being said here. But verse number five, David says, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. So we look at this, and I almost think like David is feeling kind of claustrophobic because he's being hemmed in by God, and before him is God, behind him is God, and uh, he says he's got his hand upon him. He lays his hand upon David, and I, I get in my mind, and, and I was sharing with our group last night, our small group, I said, one of the ways that you can really begin to, to be, make the Word of God a part of your life is actually picture it, Right? And so I picture what David is saying here in verse number five, you hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. I think about my kids, right? When my, when my kids were getting out of line, right, I, I would put them in their bedroom and then I would lay my hand upon them. And, and I remember sitting in my in church, my, my mom or dad would sometimes do this because, you know, I'd be sitting in church and, and back then, right, the, the pews were not cushioned like they are today. You know, we had those hard benches that we, we sat on and, and I was a fidgety little guy and uh, I had more energy than I know what to do with. And, and I remember I would be sitting between my mom and my dad. They intentionally Hem me in, dad on one side, mom on the other, and uh, that way they could get me from both angles, right? And sometimes my, my dad would place his hand on my, uh, on my leg, right? And if I got too fidgety, he would squeeze around my knee, right, to, to keep me uh, from moving, uh, to keep me from trying to be disrupting everybody else during a worship service. He had his hand laid upon me. I think that's what David felt like. And then David says in verse number six, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Now, again, we're kind of losing uh, the emphasis of, of this in our English language. This almost sounds like something that's kind of kind of positive, right? This is so cool uh, that God has this wonderful knowledge, and, uh, and it's too lofty for me to obtain. It's beyond my ability to grasp it. And it, to a point, it's meaning that, but I think a deeper meaning here is that it's a frustration, right? 
because I cannot get to that lofty level of understanding. And you ever try to reach something, you can't reach it. Uh, maybe you're trying to take something off a shelf and, uh, and, and you're, you're not, it's it just beyond your reach, right? And then somebody tall comes along and, and they easily grab that for you. You know, uh, one of the neat things about my son, Seth, my son, Seth is about six foot one and, uh, and I talk about Seth a lot, but uh, sometimes there's something that I can't reach at five, eight, uh, but he at six, one can easily reach it. I say, Hey Seth, come over here and, and get that glass for me off that top shelf. And he just gr- grabbed that thing and handed it to me. And, uh, and so when David is talking about the one of God. He's talking about the fact that there's some things that David can't grasp. He can't reach it. And he feels frustrated because he wants to reach it, but he can't. And then verse number seven, he says, where can I go from your spirit? And David says, not only do I not understand all of this knowledge, it's too wonderful for me. I can't reach it, but I can't get away from the reminder that I can't reach it. David says, where can I go from your spirit? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed down in the depths, you are there. What is David saying? He says, God is here, there, and everywhere. I can't get away from him. I can try to run from him to the heavens. I can try to make my bed down in the depths, but God is there. He takes it even to the next step in verse number nine. He says, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, If I settle down on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand guides me. Your right hand will hold fast to me. So here we see the positive and the negative. You know, whenever you look at the Bible, uh, there's always got to be a balance, right? Uh, The the positive is, is that God is able to protect us no matter where we go. We can't get away from his protection. David is talking about the right hand will hold me fast. Whenever the Bible talks about the right hand, that is always the hand of strength. Most people are right-handed, they're right dominance, and so that's the right arm is generally stronger than the left arm, it's more coordinated than the left arm. Uh, And so David is reminding himself and people as they're traveling that God is there guiding them every step of the way. Verse number 11, Psalm 139, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light will become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. Now, David is here saying that that there's no difference in God's mindset between darkness and light. He's in the darkness. He's in the light because he is at all places at all times. And I think it's so important as we look at this to understand as we have this personal relationship with God, we think on linear time. We, we think time has a certain beginning and then a certain end, but God does not think on linear time. Day and night are the same for God. God created time so that we could understand where we are, but God didn't need time to control him or to confine him. He is in the day. He is in the night. He is in all places. Verse number 13, David says, and this is a powerful verse, Psalm 139, 13, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. David says, verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Oh, I love verses 13 and 14. You know, Christianity throughout the ages has always been supportive of life. You know why we're supportive of life? 
is because God created us in our innermost being. In our mother's womb, God was knitting us together. He created us. That creation process began at conception. And David says, I praise you because of what you did. You wonderfully made me. Your works are too wonderful. I know that full well. Oh, I want you to know that God created us in his image, and he knit us together in his mother's womb. And so we have an understanding that life is sacred. Life is sacred. You know, when you think about the sacredness of life, it began at conception. You know, you may be listening to this and say, well, what if a child is born with some kind of a, of a dilemma? Uh, shouldn't we take that child's life from that individual? Well, well, let me ask you this question. What if that child at age one, you discover he has some kind of, of, of a dilemma in his life, some kind of problem? Can we take his life at age one? You say, oh, no, 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 that would be murder. Well, what's the difference if that child's in the womb or outside of the womb? It is still a precious life. Oh, I want you to know, uh, for all these 22 years, I have been uh, been the dad of a special needs child. And oh, I wish he didn't have autism. I wish we didn't have to go through the struggles uh, that we go through. But I tell you what, I have learned so much from him, and hopefully he's learned a few things from me. There are some days where I see a smile upon his face, and I see the joy of the Lord upon his face. And there's other days where I know he's struggling. I know that life is difficult on him. But you know what? He's a gift. He is a special gift to me and to my family, to our community, and all. Oh, we love him so much, and we are just so thankful that Seth is in our lives. When you think about that, David is driving home the point, your works are wonderful. I know them full well. Now, do you think about that? Every one of us has issues. Every one of us has shortcomings. You know, we all have different things that we are lacking in, but that doesn't diminish the value that we offer to our culture, to our society, and to others. God doesn't look at us less just because we have a shortcoming. God looks at us and he says, I love you unconditionally. I made you. Even with those shortcomings, I made you. I was talking to our small group the other day. I says, I'm so thankful that God has given different people different gifts. Now, it wouldn't be, it'd be terrible if everybody was gifted to be a teacher. I thank the Lord for teachers. I learned so much from my teachers. They were such a blessing to me. But can you imagine if everybody was a teacher? Uh, there'd be no students. We'd just be teaching ourselves. We, we, we would try to outdo one another, right? So God gives us different talents, different gifts. You see, life is very sacred. You know something else that is sacred that I think that we're missing in our society today? Marriage is sacred. God has set aside marriage, one man, one woman, for one lifetime. You know what else is sacred in our culture today? Our race. Oh, so many times we get hung up on, on, the, on the conflicts between one race and another grace. And, and, and I want you to know, our race is sacred. God made you as part of a particular group of people, and that makes you very special. You know, every one of us have a different color skin tone. Uh, it, it's not a skin issue. Really, when we think about conflicts within races, it's not a skin issue. It's really a sin issue. Uh, that's our problem, uh, why we don't get along with people. Listen, God doesn't look at one race above another race. God realizes every single one of us are broken. And as we are placed into a certain group of people, it's to bring value to that group. It's, it's to bring understanding to that group. 
Oh, David says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are too wonderful. I know that full well. And then verse number 15. David says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that so cool? God knows the beginning and the end of your life, and it's already ordained. It's already written in his book before they came to be. In verse 17, how precious to me. Are your thoughts, O God, how vast the sum of them all. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sea. When I awake, I am still with you. Wow, such powerful words given to us at Psalm 139. Well, we're going to finish up this psalm tomorrow, and then we're going to also look at Psalm 121. But as we conclude our broadcast today, I want to encourage you, if I can pray for you, oh, I'd love to pray for you. Give me a call, 757-421-7500, and uh, you can leave a prayer request on the voicemail, or whoever picks up the phone there, uh, they'll be happy to take that prayer request, and we will pray for you by name Thursday morning at 5 a.m., and I am so excited about the opportunity to pray for you. So please uh, give us a call. And if I can help you with anything, you can use that same number uh, to give us a call. We thank the Lord for uh, you listening today. We're also available on certain other uh, venues like podcasts. And so thank you so much for listening to uh, the broadcast today. I look forward to hearing and talking with you tomorrow. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you have a wonderful afternoon. Here's the, the number again, 757 757- 421-7500. Give us a call. We'd be happy to be a blessing to you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.